Hey, so thanks so much for joining me today. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you're here. You said that when we gather in your name, you are here in the midst of us. And I know you want to teach us your way. You want to teach us how to receive from you. You want to teach us who you are, your higher way. And we just receive from you right now. We thank you for, for your revelation knowledge, for wisdom from heaven, so that we can live pleasing to you, so that we can be a true witness for you, living in heaven on the earth. We adore you, we thank you and praise you and just give you permission to rule in our lives in Jesus' name. You know, that's really what you have to do is you have to give him permission to rule in your life. I did that a long time ago because if I'm not doing that, if, if I'm not asking him to interrupt my life, then I get pretty prideful and I'm on my own when I am prideful and I don't want to be on my own. I don't want to be making my own wrong decisions and thinking I know something that I don't. I heard someone actually say today, I thought, I thought, and he was saying it a couple times, when we think without Jesus, we're in trouble. And, you know, so often he is misunderstood. Most often he is misunderstood. And it is because of our lack of knowledge. We really don't know him. You know, the enemy makes it seem like we can't know God. He's a mystery. Um, he, he's just not there. And it's just too far-fetched of a thing. And it's really not. God isn't that complicated. His way is higher than our way. He has so much more for us than we can imagine. But we got to step on over into him his realm, into heaven on the earth. And that is what is supposed to happen when you ask Jesus to be your Lord. When you say that prayer and you're asking Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, he really does. And as he is there, he's going to speak to you and guide you. But you have to believe that. Everything is by what you believe. What you think, what you believe is going to manifest in your life. And so, um, actually, I wanted to read to you Romans 2. This is, this is what happens, is um, we don't have the understanding because we don't know him. And so, we get off into disobedience, and we don't even know that we are disobedient. And God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't love one of us more than the other. He doesn't change things for one of us and then not the other, because he has precepts. He has spiritual laws set into motion. And so when we agree with him, when we ask Jesus to come live on the inside of us, and we agree with him, then we're going to walk in his precepts, because we agree with him. We believe in him. We believe his ways are better than our ways. His ways are higher than our ways, and we want to move up into that place that he has for us. So Romans 2.11, God shows no partiality, undue favor, or unfairness. With him, one man is not different from the other man. So he's saying, no one's different. We're all the same. He loves us all the same. He's going to treat us all the same. All who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. 
in regard to the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged and condemned by the law. For it's not merely hearing the law read that makes one righteous before God, but it's the doer of the law who will be held guiltless and acquitted and justified. So it reminds me of my first, um, when I really started getting to know God, he told me I couldn't trust him without getting to know him. And I started learning and I knew that to have faith, I had to hear the word. And it's saying here, it's not just the hearer. You don't just hear, that's not how you're made right with God, but when you do what God tells you to do. And um, I I was seeking him for healing for my son and you might have heard me tell this before. And um, he, I didn't understand. Um, first of all, I'm in two different places, I guess, in my thinking. The first thing that happened when my son was born, um, he was born with a birth defect. And God was there right away when I found out the news. And he said there was nothing I could do. And I didn't know why he said that. And it seemed like a strange thing coming from God, right? Because God can do anything. He can't. And so he said, um, later he taught me just this thing right here. I wasn't a doer of the word. I heard it. I knew it. I knew what he was saying personally to me, but I didn't do it. And then um, I started, and I didn't really have that full understanding. I was such a babe. In Christ, I didn't know much, and I hadn't been going to a Bible study or anything. And so when my son was born, I had to learn more than I was learning. And so I took the time, and I started understanding and learning God's way. But when he was a year old, he had emergency surgery, and I was so upset because I was hearing the word, hearing the word, hearing the word. I was hearing the word day and night night and day. And when everything was said and done after surgery, I said, God, I don't understand what happened. I said, how can this be? And he said, you were a hearer of the word, but not a doer. It doesn't make any difference if you hear it and then you don't do it. And really that's as much as not hearing it. And so often that's how people are. You know, I Just, you know, in talking to people, I tell them something, they just don't hear what I'm saying. And I can tell that by the way they react afterwards. Right after I would explain the word to God, word of God to them, it was like they were oblivious to what I even said. They didn't get it. And that's what I was doing. And really, you can live that way unless you're desperate. When you get desperate, you just want to You want to know everything. When you get hungry to have God's will in your life, and I wasn't going to settle for my son to be in a wheelchair and have hydrocephalus and um, all the other things that they were saying. And so I decided I was going to do everything God told me to do after that. And then God's word says that um, when when Jesus left, he said that he would tell us things to come, that we can have wisdom, that God gives wisdom to all liberally without fault finding it. That's how I knew what happened. I said, God, what happened? And he gave me the wisdom of knowing that I wasn't a doer of the word. 
And so I said, I don't want any more surprises. God, if I'm off track, I want you to tell me. I want to know ahead of time. I don't want to get messed up like this again because that was a terrible experience. Nobody wants their baby to have surgery. And he was just um, maybe just a year old. And so it's so important to do the word of God. Otherwise, you're just in deception. And James tells us that if we don't do the word, we're just living deceived. You're thinking you're right with God. I thought I was so right with God. I really did. And I couldn't figure out why that happened. And we need God to tell us when we're not right with him. Only he knows. You know, if I would have went to someone else and said what happened, they wouldn't probably know. I mean, why would you want to second guess God? Why would you just not go to the source and say, God, what's going on? And so you have to be willing to be corrected. And so God wants me to talk about that today, that if you're not doing the word, then he can't do for you. He said to me, there was nothing I could do. That day in the hospital after my son's um, surgery, he said, you have to be a doer of the word. And I committed, I said, I am gonna do the word because I don't wanna be in a mess like this again. I really don't. And so I am a doer of the word. And when I get off track, I wanna be corrected and God knows that. So he just comes in and he shows me. And he shows me where I've missed it. And then I ask him to help me get it figured out. And he does that. And, you know, we get off track so easy because our flesh wants stuff. Our flesh wants to do stuff. Our flesh is always crying out and we have to tell it no. We have to say, no, I am not giving in to you. God is my God, and I'm going to be a doer of the word. I'm not going to just be a hero only and live in deception, live in the same spot all my life. I don't want to be stuck. And so many of us are stuck, and we're wondering why God hasn't done anything. And really, it's because we're living in disobedience. We're not doing what he told us to do. And usually the thing that he wants us to do is... You know, it's a good thing, but it's something we don't want to do, and it's hard for us. And so we slough it off. And, you know, our natural mind thinks that it's okay. God understands. I can't do that. That's too hard. The thing that I wasn't doing was too hard. God understands that I can't do that. And so I'm not doing that. I just... You know, we get this prideful attitude and we go, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. No, I'm not doing that. And if you have that attitude, then you're really jeopardizing your relationship with God. Whatever he asks you to do, he's going to empower you to do it. He's not going to ask you to do something that you can't do. He's going to empower you. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can. We can do everything God is calling us to do. And so you, you don't want to slough off what he's saying. You know, and, and just to confirm in Deuteronomy 28, I'm not going to go there, but I would encourage you to read it. It says that when we take heed to the voice of the Lord our God, when we do everything he's calling us to do, 
We're going to be blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed when we go out. Our life is going to be blessed when we take heed to his word. And when we diligently, diligently means we press in to make sure we're doing all of of his word. You know, just this morning, he asked me to do two things I didn't want to do. And I thought, I'm just going to do this. And especially after, well, actually, it was before I started looking at what I was doing today. But I already knew the scripture. I already had been looking at the scripture. And so I'm just thinking, why am I putting this off? Let's just do it. Because I know it's his word. If I diligently obey him, then I'm going to be blessed from every side. And what better way for us to live? And so he's saying to us today, he's saying, I want to bless you. Just do this. Just do what I'm calling you to do. I want to bless you. I'm waiting to bless you. You know, um, if you have kids and, of course, you're going to treat them all the same, and they're all listening to you except for one, you're just saying, like, come on, do this, and I'm going to bless you. You know, or what about get on the bike and try to ride it? Just just try to ride it. Pretty soon you'll catch it. You'll get on, and you'll be able to ride it. I remember the first time I learned to ride a bike. I wanted to ride it so bad, and the bike that I had to ride was too big for me, and I fell a few times, but I got on it. And I wrote it. And God is saying that. He's like, you might stumble. You know, it, it might be going against the grain, but um, your natural way of wanting to do things. But I'm going to bless you. I'm going to overtake you in blessings if you do everything I tell you to do. And, you know, one of the reasons it's so hard to do what God is asking us to do is because it doesn't look like it makes too much sense. So much of the time. It doesn't look like it makes sense. Like um, giving your last um, dollar and then um, believing that God is going to provide more. Luke 6.38 says give and it'll be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And that word is true. But if we don't give, if we hang on to James 2.17 says faith without action is dead. Faith without works is dead. So if we hang on to that, then we're really saying we don't believe. If we don't do the word of God, we're really saying we don't believe. You know, we, we say that prayer and, you know, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And we say we believe him, but at the same time, we're not doing what he's saying to do. And if we're not doing what he's saying to do, we really don't believe him. So that's your test. And so if you give that last dollar, then you're really following scripture. You know, James 2.16 says that um, we have what other people need, yet we don't give it to them. And then verse 17 says, faith without action is dead. And so we're saying... um, We're saying we really don't believe because we're just saying, you know, we're just like praying for them. How often does that happen? Somebody has a need and you pray for them and really you could meet that need, but you don't because you're afraid then you won't have enough. 
And so you're asking God to send someone else. But if, if they've already come in your path, it's more than likely God has sent you. So verse 15, James um, 2. If a brother or sister is poorly clad and lacks food for each day, and one of you says to him goodbye, keep yourself warm and well-fed without giving him the necessities of the body, what good does that do? So faith, so also faith, if it does not have works, deeds, and actions of obedience to back it up, by itself is destitute of power, inoperative, and dead. And so that's what we're saying. The Bible says to, to give, but if we don't give, we don't believe that it's going to be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And we're in this scenario. You know, somebody has a need, but we don't meet that need because we're afraid then that we won't have what we need. And verse 17 says, faith without action is dead. So you have to have the faith action. If you say you believe, then you're going to have the faith action to actually do what God is telling you to do. Whatever God is telling you to do is your opportunity to say, I believe. If you're not doing what God is telling you to do, then you're really saying, I don't believe. So another good example, and I think people just so miss it here, is the Word of God says that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And so we have to take the time to hear the Word of God. You know, faith is revelation knowledge. Faith is God. He is His Word. And so when you take the time to put the Word in your heart, you're getting to know God. You're getting revelation knowledge. You're getting His wisdom you're building on that relationship with him, and then you're going to realize that you're hearing him. And if you don't do that, then you're not going to have faith, and you're not going to know him, and you're not even obeying him because you're not going to know what he said. You know, so many people think that they know God, they have this opinion of God. I, I get in these conversa- hear these conversations, well, I think this and I think that. And I think this is about God, and I think he means that. And really, they don't even open the book to know what God says. They're living by hearsay, what someone else thinks. And then they wonder why everything in their life is cursed. The other part of Deuteronomy 28 says, if you don't obey God, you're going to live cursed. You're not going to live blessed. And so, first of all, we need to hear the word, to know the word, to know God and, and to know that if we're in obedience or disobedience, we have to be willing to be corrected and, you know, not just live on hearsay and not live on someone else's opinion, but hear him and live on his opinion, live by the book, get to know him, hear his voice, and you will, and he's going to correct you. And if you give him permission like I did, he's constantly going to be correcting you. I ask him, tell me things to come, because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would tell you things to come. And I say, correct me. I don't want to have a crisis. I don't want to end up in the hospital. I don't want to have things going on in my life that um, are under the curse. So correct me. Help me to get it. Listen to me. Help me to keep doing what you're telling me to do. Show me when I get off track. And he does. He is faithful to do that. 
just like a month or two ago, I got in front of him because my flesh wanted something. I wanted something so bad. And I started making plans. And all of a sudden, I felt like, wait a minute. And I said, God, if I'm getting in front of you, let me know. And I didn't want to hear that I was. But it wasn't much longer I said that. And um, he said, you've got in front of me. I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear that. And he said, well, you wanted to know. And so if you want to know, he is faithful to tell you. You know, if you want God to wake you up at 4 o'clock every morning, he will do that. If you ask him to do things for you, he will do that. But you have to be faithful to him. You have to do what he's telling you to do. You have to be in agreement with him. And when you're in agreement with him, you're going to be saying, yes, sir. I'm going to do that, and I know you have um, your best in mind for me. That way, when you call in the name of the Lord, he's going to be there. He's going to hear you because you took heed to his voice. And, you know, God says personal things to us, and we have to um, do those things, too. We can't just, you know, pick and choose what we want to do and or say, I don't understand the word, because all you have to do is ask him for understanding. James 1, 5, and he'll give it to you. And so our word today is that God is not a respecter of persons, but the one who gets blessed is the one who diligently takes heed to his voice, Deuteronomy 28. I would just encourage you to read that, and I guess I can read you um, the first line or two. Deuteronomy 28. That's 29. So, Deuteronomy 28. Wow, I'm still not there. Here it is, all dressed in pink. (laughs) If, notice that word if, if you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all his commandments, which I command you this day. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. If you heed the voice of the Lord your God, you shall be blessed in the city, you shall be blessed in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your Beast and the increase of your cattle and the light and the young of your flock. Blessed, blessed, blessed. It just goes on and on for 14 verses. Um, 13. That's what I thought. And then the curse is listed starting in verse 14. If you don't take heed to his voice, you live under the curse. And Jesus, you know, he, he, bore that curse for us. All you have to do is look to him. He's going to help you to take heed to his voice. You know, that's why God sent Jesus, because he knew we couldn't do it without him. So all you have to do is hang on to him. Don't let go. Keep your eyes on him. Ask. He said we can't do anything without him. So just stay on that vine and ask him to help you 
to do all those commands, all the things that God is asking you to do, and he's going to help you to do that. And so that is our word today. And if you've never asked Jesus to come and live on the inside of you and teach you his way, if you want to commit to him and take heed to his voice, you know, you can say a prayer, but it, it really isn't your ticket to heaven. Your ticket to heaven is really your relationship with God. There's not even a ticket. How you get to heaven is that relationship with God. And when you have that relationship with him, he's going to make sure that you get there. As you, as you seek after him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, he's going to teach you and guide you as you are willing as you are humble, as you humble yourself before him, he's going to help you to get there. He's going to help you to live in heaven on the earth. And you're going to be blessed in everything that you do. And if you're not blessed, then you got to do a check. Lord, where am I missing it? I don't feel blessed. I, I feel like I'm under this curse here. Where am I missing it? What did I do? How did I end up in the hospital? What did I do? Well, you weren't a doer of the word. Let him teach you. And so when you ask him to come and live on the inside of you, that is the relationship you're going to have. You're going to move from where you are into a whole new way of living. And you're going to look to him and he's going to teach you how to live that way. He's going to be your counselor, your standby. He's going to remind you the things he said. And um, he's going to tell you things to come. You know, reminding you of things he said, I need that all the time. <laughs> remind me what you said, Lord. Help me. Because I just do not want to miss it. And that is diligently seeking his way. And so if you want that kind of life and you want all the fringe benefits that go with that, then I want to pray with you. Jesus bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain. You can read that in Isaiah 53. He shed his blood for you. He took stripes for your healing. He made you right with the Father. And if you believe in him, then he's going to come and live on the inside of you. And then you're going to act according to what you believe. You're going to obey him. So if you call in his name, he said he's already knocking at the door of your heart. And if you invite him in, he's going to come in and dine with you. That means he's going to come in and be with you. He's going to be with you all the time. He's going to be here and you're going to know it. You're going to feel it. He's, you're, all, you're going to be able to ask him stuff and you're going to hear him answer you. He's so good. He's so good. So I want to say that prayer with you if you want to. Dear Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you said that you want to live on the inside of us and we're calling you, calling on you. We're asking you to come and be with us, be on the inside of us, teach us, remind us of things that you said, tell us things to come, help us to avoid a crisis, teach us, tell us when we're not in obedience to you, remind us over and over again. We thank you so much that you care so much and that daily you're reaching out to us with your revelation knowledge and we receive it. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So now if you said that prayer and you meant it, he is on the inside of you. And you're going to know that he's going to manifest himself to you. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Your joy will be full and I'm going to manifest myself to you. You're going to know he's there. And he's going to teach you, and you're going to see things that you've never seen before. He's so exciting. His way is so much better than the way we live. So thanks so much for listening today, and God bless you.